Well, this morning, friends, uh, as most of you know, is our final Sunday with you. And uh, I have the opportunity just to share uh, with you from my heart. So we won't be finishing the Mirror Images series. If you would like to hear the rest of that series, this last sermon is on marriage. You can go online to bridgewater.church slash messages and listen to any of the other four campuses. Or if you don't have anything going on for this, you can sprint down the road to Conklin. It's 11 miles down the road, and you can hear them second service down there. Um, But I just wanted to share from my heart with you some things that I've been burdened for through this process. And when you get ready to say goodbye, um, so often you think about saying hello. And the first time you say hi to people and the first time you meet a community. And so I've thought a lot about my first experience here at Bridgewater. And actually, as I was thinking through it, I realized next week is seven years to the day um, that I walked into the Legion to join this church. And uh, my first memory was walking in that door and being met by Arlene Carey and Faith Bisner, who had no idea who I was. And yet gave me the biggest hugs that only those two could give. Uh, Led me right over to this giant L-shaped cookie table that I'm pretty sure had like 300 cookies on it. Um, And that morning just happened to be a morning where they were doing the all-you-can-eat breakfast. And so uh, half of the church was cut off for bacon and pancakes, which if you're going to lose half a church to anything, losing it to bacon isn't the worst thing ever. Um, And I just remember sitting in there and listening to this music and listening and just thinking, wow, this place is incredible. Uh, And if you had told me seven years ago when I walked in the door uh, what the next seven years would hold, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you. In fact, one of my very early memories of uh, Bridgewater in the first couple months was Ryan Latz. Those of you who know Ryan, he usually plays guitar over there, uh, wearing a giant blue wig uh, on Minion Sunday. And I will just never forget that. I often, when I see Ryan play, I, I picture him wearing a blue wig from time to time. I'm not sure he appreciates that, but uh, it's just been an incredible run. I've been able to teach you for six years and be your campus pastor for the last five. And uh, through that course of time, we've been able to see 83 people uh, come to know Jesus as their leader and forgiver. And including today, we've been able to see 71 people go public in their faith through the waters of baptism. And that's just, it's incredible. Come on. And that's only the things we can quantify. We can't quantify the the marriages that God has impacted and how so many of you have given Jesus your yes, some for the first time and some again, and some through really difficult processes that you've uh, decided to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of your life. And as I look back in these past uh, five years or so, there's a couple things I'm incredibly confident of. The first thing I'm incredibly confident of is none of this would have happened apart from the hand of God's blessing being on this ministry. It is so evident, and it was so evident from the first day I walked in, that God's spirit is here, and he is doing things. And if you, and if you didn't know that, just listen to those stories this morning. And God is doing things in the lives of people. And the second thing I'm incredibly confident of is the fact that none of this would have happened apart from you. You are the church. You have done the work. So many of you have given of time and your, your family time and personal time and used your energy and efforts to reach this community and to reach people. Listen, I didn't and wasn't involved in 83 salvations and 71 baptisms. We actually did a study recently, and Halstead had so many people who were baptized not by me, but by you. I think that's incredible. That gives me great confidence as I look forward to the future. There's three things I'm incredibly confident about as I look to the future. The first um, really is this. The mission's going to continue. God is going to continue to do great things because... You are going to continue to do work. 
You are going to continue to do the things that God has called you to do. You are going to continue to reach the people around you. I'm confident of that. I've spent a lot of time uh, over the past several years talking to pastors from all over the place. And as they share their experiences with me, I often hear a similar story of, oh, man, we are just trying so hard to get our people to buy into the mission. We're trying so hard to get people to give up their sacred pews and leave behind comfort. And I'm listening to them talk, and I feel a little bit bad because I can't really relate to them. Because that's just not been my experience. Bridgewater Halstead is so bought into the mission of making more and better disciples that I'm so confident that you're going to continue to do that because it is what God has put on your heart to do. The second reason I have great confidence in the future is that you have an incredible leadership team here. Pastor David and Pastor Josh and the transition team, which you'll meet later, they love you so much. They care so deeply for you. I could spend the rest of our time this morning telling you about each individual leader that God has placed here in this ministry, and you are in good hands. I'm confident they will continue to lead you in the way that God has for you. And the third reason I have great confidence is because this is God's church. It always has been and it always will be. And God made a promise to his church, and it was this, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is God's church, and you are God's people, and God will continue to do what God said he would do, and he will build a strong church here that will continue to reach this community and future communities around us. In all my time here, I I have kind of joked with my wife a little bit that I really only have one sermon, and maybe some of you have caught on to that a little bit, but I really just preach one sermon. I just repackage it depending on the topic, And, and the sermon is really just the gospel. I've had one aim in my effort here is that you would know the gospel of Jesus and how it impacts every area of your life. And so uh, every sermon I preach, I really just ask the question, how does the gospel impact this on marriage? How does it impact this? I've done that because nothing has the power to change our life and influence our life and direct our life like the gospel of Jesus. My prayer through these last years has been that you would be so deeply moved by the goodness of God, that you'd be so compelled by his love, you'd be so impressed by his greatness that every decision you make would be influenced and and determined because of what you see in Jesus' love for us at the cross. That has been my primary aim, and I rejoice in the fact that that's what I hear from so many of you. So I'm sorry if my sermon sounded redundant after a while, because it's really just that. That Jesus changes everything. Changes everything about our marriages, about our homes, about our uh, friendships, about our sin, about our struggles. And it changes everything about our hope. As we go from here, I want to commit to you to pray uh, five things for you. And I want you to hear my heart in all of these. That These are really what I commit to pray for you. And I would challenge you to even uh, to commit to pray uh, t- for these things as well for the church as we move forward. They come out of the book of Ephesians. And, and the church of Ephesus is a church uh, that the Apostle Paul planted and spent uh, a lot of years of his life serving there, loving there. And then ultimately he went on to plant other churches. And yet the church of Ephesus had this really special place in his heart. And so he prays uh, this prayer. And I, I, um, I'm just going to read it to you because he said it better than I will. Um, but I want you to hear my heart and that I love you uh, perhaps in a similar way to how Paul loved Ephesus. And yet God called him on. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. For this reason I kneel before you, the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Here's my first prayer that I commit to pray for you. It is this, that the Holy Spirit will give you an inner resolve to follow him. 
There may be days in the future coming where uh, you're unsure or you're wondering where your role is or what it might be. And the tendency in a transition like this is to begin to pull back, to be reserved, to kind of sit back and wait and watch. And, and I pray desperately that you would find strength through the Holy Spirit to continue this mission, that you would find strength through the Holy Spirit in your inner person to continue to fight for your marriages, that you'd find strength through the Spirit to continue to fight for your lost friends and lost family members that are all around you, that you would find the strength necessary in this season to be all that God has asked you to be as a church. One of the things I've ended most of my prayers almost every week is that, that God would call us and give us the strength to be the church he's called us to be that we would find that strength in the spirit to do that, that we would fight for holy living as a people. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here's the second thing I commit to pray for you. It is this, that your hearts will be full of faith in Jesus. That when you consider the future and you consider what's next, both corporately and personally, when you face fears that it would be replaced with faith. That when you have doubts, it would be replaced with faith and courage that you would have great confidence that God has good plans for you and God has good plans for this church. That when doubt comes, you would meet it with the truth of God's word. And that ultimately you'd be able to combat any lies with the shield of faith. That Jesus would always remain the cornerstone of this church and the cornerstone of your lives. Verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Here's the third thing I commit to pray for you is this, that you would grow together in Jesus' love. I love how Paul put that in verse 18, may have the power together with all of God's people to grasp God's love. Because God's love is so big and it's so amazing that you on your own can't figure it out. In moments of uncertainty and uncomfortability, uh, people will tend to recluse to what is familiar and what they know, which is sometimes isolation and sometimes being disconnected. And I just plead to you, stay connected. Keep going to small groups. Keep investing in community. And perhaps above all, keep seeking out the new person who walks in that door. Leave what is familiar to go chase and find those who look new and unfamiliar because that is what I believe has made Halstead so special. That when I walked in that door seven years ago, a total stranger, I was met as if I was a longtime friend who had just come home. And I know that's a feeling that attracted so many of you to this church and is the reason so many of your lives are changed because you experienced that love. Would you continue to gather to be that for the next new person who walks in that door? That the DNA of Halstead would remain that for a long time. Verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Here's the fourth thing I commit to pray for you, that you would grow to know and love him more. I pray uh, in this that you would never shy away from the, the truth of God's word. I, for five, six years teaching you, have committed to never sugarcoat God's word, to never sugarcoat God's truth, because I know when we have the truth of Jesus, it has the power to set us free. My desire is that you would be a free people, that as you follow God, you would stick to his truth. But, but it wouldn't just be this knowledge that you would grow in your experience of him, that you grow in your understanding of him, that you grow in taking your next steps of obedience with him. This phrase we say all the time around here, right? Everybody has the next step. It's not just something cute. It is the very call of the Christian faith. Our next step happens to be uh, moving. Your next step could be moving into a new role that may be uh, 
available through this transition. There's going to be lots of needs through this time. And perhaps God has put a burden on your heart in this season to be the answer to the prayer that the church has been praying. And so uh, I, I ask you and urge you to, in confidence and courage, step up to something that might be uncomfortable for you in this season, that you would give God your yes. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here's the, the fifth thing. That God would get all the glory from Bridgewater Halstead that he deserves. My prayer is that this church would continue to exist for the glory of God and that we keep the main thing the main thing. That happens when we honor God and obey his word. That happens when we love people like Jesus loved us. That happens when we honor each other and seek the unity of God's church above all. Church, I, I could spend all morning here thanking so many individuals. There have been so many of you uh, who've been pivotal in my life personally, and pivotal in my life as your pastor, pivotal in my wife's life, pivotal in my boy's life. And um, I just want to say thank you. You have been such an incredibly kind church. Um, I had a lot to learn. <laughs> and uh, so many of you had sa have said through this last month that it's been great to watch you grow up. And somebody asked me very early on, I was, for those of you who don't know, I was 24 and I was eight weeks out for my wedding when um, these crazy people asked me to take over. Um, and they said, how does it feel being uh, you know, newly married and being a pastor so young? And I said, let me rephrase that question for you. How does it feel learning to fail publicly, frequently and often? <laughs> uh, and I, I think as I reflect on that, it's felt okay um, because you've been so gracious and you've been so kind. Um, so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for that love and um, we'll carry it with us forever. But it wouldn't be an appropriate message for me if I didn't challenge you a little bit, right? So can I, can I challenge you in this transition with a couple things? Um, out of love for you and love for this church, I have five uh, convictions and challenges I want to lay before you that I think will, we'll, if we can commit to these, we'll set this up to be not only a transition that's good, but a transition that grows and a transition that sets us up to, to receive the blessing that God has for us. So here's my first challenge for you in this process, that we would choose trust over suspicion. Um, in moments of transition in a church, there are a lot of unknowns, and there are a lot of moving parts, and there are a lot of questions, and there's a lot of uncertainty. And in those moments of uncertainty, we must choose to trust the leadership that God has called to lead this church both in Pastor Josh Jones and Pastor Brett Bixby and the overseers and Pastor David and the transition leadership team, we must choose. If you don't know the answer to the question, don't fill in the blanks for yourself. Go ask the question. That's my first challenge. Here's the second one. That we would defend each other and your leaders against gossip and grumbling. Things will be different. I will not be here. Olivia will not be here. It will be different. It will be unfamiliar. In that unfamiliarity, there will be opportunities for you to say things like, well, it's not how it was, and it's not how it used to be. Can I plead with you, just don't go there. That you would defend each other against that. And not only uh, don't participate in it, actively stop it when you hear it. Why? Because God is fiercely committed to the unity of his church. And if we are going to remain in the blessing of God, we must defend each other and our leaders against gossip and grumbling. Here's the third challenge. That we pray often for wisdom and direction for the church. 
both for the leadership and for the church. There's a lot of decisions to be made through this process, uh, and I know Josh and David so well that all they want is to to say yes to what God is asking them to do, and they want what is best for this church. And so would you pray uh, that the transition team then would have the wisdom as they navigate this and pray that often. When you have suspicion, pray and then ask questions. Here's the fourth thing. They should keep sharing the gospel and inviting people. In transition process times, it's tempting to uh, not invite your friends because you don't know what's happening or to not necessarily invite your neighbors. Can we just, can we just not do that? Can you, in fact, in this season, invite even more people than you've ever invited? Um, and, and could you please never stop sharing the gospel? Never stop sharing the good news of Jesus with your lost friends and your lost coworkers. That what has brought that blessing of God here is that we have been so uh, aware of and inviting to, as Joe said in his testimony, the one out of the 99. Could that be true through this trans- transition process? And then ultimately, here's my final challenge for you just to be patient. Things like this take time, and to do them well, um, and to do them properly, and to do them in a way that is a blessing, they take time. I don't have a timeline. I don't think anybody is putting a timeline on this, but the, we just be patient through this process. And here's a way that it makes being patient really, really easy. You know when you're really busy doing really important things, it's easy to get lost in it and forget. And that's a blessing. And so if you're finding yourself impatient, Get to work. Put your hand to the plow and begin to do the work of ministry. And all of a sudden, you'll look, look up, and God will have done all the things that we've been asking him to do, um, but that we would just be patient through this process. I want to invite uh, Pastor Josh up. He's going to share a little bit about what this transition process is, and I'm going to come back up and pray for Josh and David and the transition team, but I love you, church. Well, just want to reiterate and say uh, that's right. It's everything that Matt said. Um, this is God's church, and we want to be good servants of him, good stewards of what he's given us to do. And, uh, and we are here today, uh, not only in uh, mourning because of uh, separation of distance, um, but also in celebration of God's clear direction. Uh, there was a time when Matt and Olivia were wondering, and now they know. And we enter a time of wondering, and then we will know. And, uh, and we'll celebrate because what God does, he does for our good, he does for his glory, and that's where our trust and hope uh, sit today. And so uh, we're praying in that direction, thinking in that direction. Uh, we want to lead this process with clarity, clarity in communication, clarity with our communication, and so that is our endeavor. Um, we want to lead with intentionality uh, through this, but uh, I do want to stress what Matt said, this takes time. Uh, so we're not going to rush it and try to get out ahead of God. We want to desperately uh, follow after what He's got for us, and we don't know we don't know really um, when the next step in terms of uh, getting a replacement will happen. Um, but we're just going to trust the process and trust God through the process. So um, it will take time. These things are are not normally quick, um, and so I. I Matt's right. There's no timeline on it except that we're already hard at work um, and just going to continue on through this process. Uh, I do want to ask uh, David and Joanna to come up here at this point, just right over here. I um, want to make some things clear in this transition. Uh, first is this. Uh, for the time being, uh, David Wyman will be your interim campus pastor. All right. So that is that is the role. Yep. <laughs> 
that's the role that uh, he is willingly taking on. And so he will be um, the point man here at Bridgewater Halstead. And uh, he and I will be working hand in hand through this process. Uh, David was with our family yesterday and someone in our family said to David, how many roles, uh, like what have you done since you've been at Bridgewater? And I was waiting to hear like four different things. I heard 13, I think. Um, and that's, you know, some of it's by necessity, some by design, uh, but one thing has been true of David. Um, every time you raise the ceiling, uh, he fills that space. And so um, I just want you to know I and your other leaders have confidence in David and Joanna and their uh, willingness to serve here and, um, and to do whatever is necessary. But he and I will be working hand in hand. We're so thankful for them. Uh, also want to uh, express our thankfulness for our strong central services team, that part of Bridgewater that, that serves every Bridgewater location. Uh, there's a strong core of people that making sure that each of our locations and the people there have everything that they need um, so that there are tools in your hands. They cannot replace you. That is not their goal. Their goal is just to give you tools in your hands to help you be the church that God has called you to be. Um, I want you to know the search for a campus pastor for Halstead, Bridgewater Halstead, has already begun. Um, and let me just kind of sketch for you how this works. We collect names. So let me quickly say to you, if you have names or suggestions, please pass them on to David or to me. That would be great. We would, we would love those avenues to chase down. We have not identified anyone yet. But when we do, and there's a good candidate um, they will go through a vetting process that's led by our directional leadership team. At this point, Brett Bixby and me, and then they will go before our overseers, and then they will go before our pastors. Ultimately, our team of pastors and our directional leadership team need to work hand-in-hand hand with, with this man. And so uh, we, will, we will do a bunch of vetting, and then you will. Uh, and then you, I want you to know you will have the vote for the next Halstead campus pastor. Okay, so that does not get just appointed by someone other than you. Um, they get vetted by several groups of people and then presented to you, and there will be a vetting process even here at the campus before which then there would be a vote. So uh, if you have questions on that process, come see me, come see David. If that wasn't uh, clear, we can help clear that up for you. In this team, uh, in this time also, we are... Uh, David and I have assembled what we're calling a transitional team or a transitional leadership team. And that is really just people here at the campus who can come alongside David and Joanna and me and my wife, Kristen, uh, just to help make sure that what needs to get done here gets done. And in this transition process, things are, are continued and not lost or left behind. So what I'd like to do is just um, let you know who those people are. And if you could just sort of come up here toward the front, that would be great, just so people could see who you are. Kristen, yes, of course, please come on up. Um, so my wife, Kristen, and then Luke Thomas, Adam and Ashley Bowman, Lisa Schmidt, Susie Birchall, Dan Gleason, and Pat and Kim Simmons. I'll give them a moment here just to come up so that you can see them. These people will be people that we will be communicating with regularly, and uh, we'll have... Uh, the most amount of information. So as David and I get information, um, any of these people will also be uh, able to come alongside and help you. They're also going to help identify, they're going to help David and I identify gaps in ministry and help uh, either carry some of the, the load of the ministry or identify individuals 
uh, who, can, who can do that. So we will be meeting with this team regularly, and they'll be involved in uh, maybe the front lines of a search process uh, for the next Halstead campus pastor. And then I want you to know, too, that we will be providing you with a monthly update in person. It will come from me. It will come from Pastor Brett Bixby. It may come from David himself, and it may come from one of these individuals that we will have information for you, even if there's nothing new to share, to let you know there's nothing new to share. Um, Again, this process can take some time, so I would anticipate we may have some periods of time like that. But um, this is Pat and Kim, this is Luke, Adam and Ashley, Susie, Dan, Lisa, Kristen, of course, David and Joanna. So um, there are other ministry leaders, others of you in this room lead ministries, and you'll be involved uh, to a level in this process as well. And what I'm asking you to do is pray for these people. Um, you, you may find yourself wanting to hound them, but whenever you feel the urge to go and, and ask a question, let me just ask you to let that be a trigger for you to pray first. Um, because we're asking for your prayer. We covet your prayers uh, in this process. Um, again, going back to what Matt said, we have every confidence that God knows what he's doing. He knows how he's doing it. It's not ours to figure out all of that and get out ahead of him. It's ours to follow closely. And so would you do that along with us? I know Matt had a couple more things he wanted to share, so I'm going to turn it back over to him. Express my gratitude for this team, uh, for their love, for Josh and Kristen, and for David and Joanna. And David and Joanna, just love you guys so much. They care so much about you, and you're, just, you're in good hands. Uh, these people are incredible, incredible people. And so, Liv, you want to come on up? Uh, I want to pray for this team, pray for our pastors uh, and then pray for the team. And so, church, I just invite you uh, to extend your hands towards this team that, that you would pray God's blessing over them with us here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. God, we thank you for your church. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we have every confidence that you are going to do great things. This is a song that keeps playing in my head over and over, that you have good plans. You have good plans for this church. You have good plans for your people. God, I pray that you would put a measure of blessing and uh, wisdom and understanding and discernment on this team. I pray that there'd be compassion and kindness and gentleness in this team. God, I pray that the church would love and support and lead this team well in that way. God, I pray a blessing over David and Joanna, and we thank you for the new life that is going to be coming this year in them. I pray and just rejoice with them as they get to be parents and uh, through that process. God, I pray that you'd bless them, encourage them, fill them with everything they need for this. God, we pray for... Uh, Pastor Josh and for, for Kristen, as they lead all of Bridgewater as well as leading this, God, give them the ability to do more than they ever thought possible because your spirit is working in them. God, we love you. We love this church. We pray that you would do mighty things, immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Lord, we pray for double the salvations in the next five years that we saw in the last five years. God, we pray for double the baptisms. God, we pray that you would do an amazing work in this community and the communities to come. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.